Welcome to the Elevated Movement Podcast. My name is Jake Gagan, and I am so grateful that you are joining us here today. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that it can add value to your life in some way. If you do enjoy this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with your friends as it helps us tremendously and allows us to spread this message of positivity with as many people as possible. Without further ado, this is the Elevated Movement Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Elevated Movement Podcast. My name is Jake Gagan, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me here today. Today, I'm going to talk about anxiety and my experiences with anxiety growing up. So first off, I just want to say, you know, it's okay to not feel okay. Mental health has a a very negative stigma where we live, and it really shouldn't be that way. You know, it should be something that we're able to talk about openly, you know, our mental health issues. Talk to friends, talk to family, talk to therapists, but... For some reason, it's, you know, the the stigma is to to keep it down and to not speak about these things. So, you know, a a quick fact is that one in five adults live with a mental illness. And that was in in 2017. That was the statistics. And I'm sure it's went up a lot more since then. And that was 46.6 million people in 2017 are living with a mental illness. So if your brain doesn't feel as healthy as it should or as, as healthy as it has before, it's okay. You know, you're not bad, you're not wrong, you're not different. You know, it's almost 20% of people living America in America have a mental health, you know, issue. And it's probably a lot higher since we're recording this in 2020, uh, 2020 and everything's happening with the pandemic. So I'm going to talk about my experience with anxiety, you know, and how I use different tools and different techniques to overcome it. So I used to have crippling anxiety for the first 20 years of my life you know, very crippling anxiety, very hard to do anything. And the thing about anxiety is that it's a silent disorder. You can't hear it. You can't see it. You can't smell it. It's silent. And growing up in the 2000s, there was very little talk about mental illness. There was very little awareness around mental illness. And it just wasn't something you talked about. So for the first 20 years of my life, you know, I really struggled. And I can remember you know, back to elementary school, going into my mom's room, I used to fake sick the night before or the morning of and go cry, you know, to tell my mom I was sick and I didn't feel good just so I didn't have to go to school. And, you know, I think a lot of this was because I just didn't know how to talk about my feelings. You know, I didn't know how to talk about what was going on in my life as a young kid. And, you know, I was really unsure of myself and I also just didn't know how to interact with people. You know, I moved from Georgia to Florida at 10 years old, brand new school, knew nobody in my classes, nobody at school. I knew nobody. And I went from being a pretty cool kid, you know, in Georgia to having a lot of friends to having zero. And that was really tough. And like I said, I was 10. I didn't know who to talk to. I wasn't going to go to my mom and tell her how I was feeling. So the only thing that I knew how to do was go fake sick and cry so I didn't have to go to school. You know, I think growing up, I just never really felt comfortable in my own skin. You know, I didn't really know who I was. I wasn't aware of who I was. I was unsure of myself. And I think that led to me having more anxiety. And, you know, I had an older brother, Brendan, who's a great guy, a great role model. And he was three years older than me. So I kind of followed his path from, you know, middle school. We went to the same middle school. I was three years later, ending up going to the same high school three years later. 
Um, and I think I was just trying to fill his shoes. You know, I was trying to be the little Brennan Gagan. And it's funny because my nickname from through middle school and high school was Little Gagan. So I think that played a big role in to me not really knowing who I was because I was trying to be him, which is a great thing, right? Brennan's very successful, got his MBA, swim scholarship. It's a great thing. But even if it is a great thing, you're still not being true to yourself and, and understanding who you are. So this made me struggle and really led to a lot of anxiety, middle school, high school, which ultimately led to me covering this up with weed and covering this up with alcohol. And because you know I was hanging out with my brother, I got introduced to these two things at a very young age, very young age, you know, way younger than you should be smoking weed or drinking alcohol because obviously your brain's still developing until I think you're 30 years old. And I was doing these things at 13, 14, 15 years old, drinking hard alcohol, and you know it was really my way to cope. You know that's how I was coping with my anxiety was covering it up with weed, covering it up with alcohol, which as we all know ultimately made it much much worse. And you know it's it's kind of crazy because you know for school events I, I can remember in high school you know we'd have football games or we'd have parties or we'd have you know senior proms and I couldn't step a foot into these places without being drunk or high. You know, I couldn't go to a football game on Friday night as a 16-year-old without feeling like I needed to be drunk or high because I wasn't sure how to talk to these people. I wasn't really sure of myself. I wasn't sure how I'd act. And these were thoughts that literally went in my head. And it's crazy to think about this because, you know, I just know where I'm at now, but it's just all part of my story. And I guess I wouldn't really be here today if I didn't have those experiences. And after high school, I went to college in Santa Barbara. You know, Santa Barbara, California is a beautiful place. You know, it's a forward thinking place. There's a lot of healthy, smart, you know, uh, conscious people. And going there was the best decision I've ever made because it really changed my perspective on life. And it just, I, I just was interacting with, you know, people that were forward thinking. And it kind of got me out of my bubble of living in Lithia, Florida and seeing the bigger picture and meeting new people in Santa Barbara. But even when I moved to Santa Barbara, I was playing baseball. You know, I was the kid from Florida on a baseball team. I didn't know anybody at the school. I didn't know anybody on my team. And I remember the first couple months, like just really struggling. I mean, like just so much anxiety, whether it was going to class, whether it was going to baseball practice, whether it was just being in the locker room, just seeing people, you know, I just had so much anxiety and I really struggled those first couple months. Um, but as I started to learn more and apply these tools that I'm gonna teach you in a second, that anxiety kind of started to fade. And it was a long process. You know, it was not overnight by any means. Um, but it did start to fade. And I'm going to share some of these tools with you and feel free to pick up some of these tools and traits and implement them in your own life, in your own way. Uh, and hopefully they can help you out a little bit if you are suffering with anxiety or know anybody that is. And, you know, three tools I really want to highlight. There's a few, but three tools I really want to highlight that help me are one, open and honest communication, two, exercise, and three, meditation. So first, open and honest communication. You know, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. They're not really good at speaking what's on their mind. They're not good about talking about what they're feeling, whether it's with friends, family, or a partner. You know, it's easier to suppress these things and not talk about it than to actually sit down and have a conversation and have that open and honest dialogue that we should be having. And if you are, are having issues, you know, it's important to talk to a trusted friend or talk to a therapist. I've never talked to a therapist, you know, but... I do know people that benefit from it um, because it is a you know unbiased third-party person, and I, I know it's helped a lot of people. You know, but it's tough to talk about these things. But I promise you, it's so much better out than in. 
because when you keep it in, you're suppressing these thoughts, you're suppressing these feelings, and ultimately you're either going to cover it up with you know alcohol, weed, or another uh, or something else. But eventually it's going to come out. So you know when you have these thoughts or feelings of uneasiness or something's wrong, it's important to talk about it because if not, it's just going to you're going to suppress it and it's going to come out eventually. You know, it's important to also have open communication. This is with your roommates, with your coaches, with your coworkers, with your partner, with your family. You know, have open communication. Set those boundaries and those guidelines and say, hey, you know, I'm going to openly communicate to you if something's wrong, but I also want you to openly communicate to me. Because what's important and something that we don't realize is that, hey, we're not mind readers. I can't read your mind. You can't read my mind. You don't know what's going on, you know, something that's bothering me. Like if I'm doing something that's bothering you, I don't know unless you tell me. And you don't know if you're doing something that's bothering me unless I tell you. So having that open communication line and then also over-communicating, I found that to be very helpful is, you know, over-communicating with people that you're close with, right? And I have friends, right? Like, so some examples are, you know, I'm living with, with roommates. And I'll tell you, you know, when I've had the best communication with people and had the best living situations, it's when we both over-communicated. And it'll be small things like this, you know, like nothing big, but I'm, I'm, I'm living here and I'd consider myself a clean person. I'd say, hey, you know, I like to go to bed and I like to have all the dishes clean. And most people aren't raised like that, but that's something that's big in my life. Like I like to go to bed with a clean slate. So I'll tell my roommates this and then they'll say, hey, you know, I appreciate you letting me know. Now, you know, can you shut the door when you shower? That's something that's big for me, right? And I'll shut the door, but it's these small things. But when you let these small things build up, they turn into bigger things, which is then going to force you to, you know, start hating this person or start disliking this person or, you know, start thinking this person's evil. So it's important that you over communicate. Uh, you have that open communication. And when something pops up, you talk to them, you know, talk about it, sit down. And I promise you, you know, you, it's not easy, you know, and you really can't assume people know what you're thinking. And this is something that I do. You know, if I notice that something's wrong, cause you'll be able to tell. I say, hey man, is something wrong? Like, can we talk about it? Did I do something to offend you? And usually if something's wrong, you know, I can hear, you know, my friend out or the other person out, hear their side of the story, share my side of the story, and then we can kind of come together and, and see eye to eye. So it's very important to, you know, openly communicate. The second tool that I use is exercise. This has been the most important tool that I've used in my life. And it's exercise pretty much every single day. Uh, for 45 minutes or even two sessions for 45 minutes a day. Um, you know, I like to wake up in the morning, get a lift in to start my day, whether it's actually lifting, going to a Barry's boot camp class, uh, doing some sort of hit workout at home, doing yoga, going for a run. I like to sweat first thing in the morning. Um, not only do you look good when you exercise, you feel good. And when you feel good, you start to build confidence. So you're no longer worried about those things of, hey, body image, not looking good, not feeling, you know, beautiful, strong, and sexy. You're now building confidence because you're working on yourself and you're working on your body and you actually start to have a little bit of a glow. And I know if you've taken soul cycle classes, you see people come out, they look like they're glowing. It's because they're working out and they're feeling good and they're having fun doing it. And some science behind exercise is that you release brain-derived neurotropic factors when you work out. And what this does is when you release BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factors, you actually release dopamine. And as you all know, dopamine is the happy drug that we get from, you know, our phone notifications and, and taking pills and drinking and things like that. You actually get this from exercise. So when you exercise, it's actually going to make you a happier person. It also repairs brain cells damaged by stress. 
So when you exercise, you're going to repair all of those brain cells that are damaged when you're too stressed out. And it also is going to fortify your neural connections. So BDNF is released when you exercise, and it has so many incredible benefits for your life. And exercise, you know, actually makes your brain healthier, which makes you healthier. You know, so I highly recommend implementing, you know, some sort of exercise routine, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's going to a Soul Cycle or Barry's Boot Camp or Orange Theory class, and and you know, kind of developing a community. Whether it's just going for a quick run or doing a 10-minute workout, you know, it's going to make you feel better. And I know you're listening. I'm sure you've exercised in your life. I'm sure you felt a lot better after it. I, I mean, some exercises might be tougher and it might suck, you know, but ultimately exercising is going to make you happier. It's going to make you healthier. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to build that confidence. And it's been the number one tool that has helped me in my life, not only kick anxiety, but also just help me become a more well-rounded, better person. And then the third thing I want to talk about is meditation. Now, I didn't even know meditation existed before I went to Santa Barbara, California. And I remember, you know, I was on this path of kind of, you know, self-discovery and learning about being in the present moment and doing yoga. And I remember I meditated once. It was a 20-minute meditation. I was using the app Headspace. And if you don't know what that is, it's a very beginner-friendly app, uh, Headspace. It's on Apple Store and Google Play. It's a great app. And I remember meditating and I came out and I was like, whoa, like this is always there for you. This is what it feels like. And it just blew my mind. It's an absolute game changer for me and it will be an absolute game changer for you. And, you know, research is showing that just four deep breaths, four deep breaths can have you feeling more relaxed and get you into a meditative state. So it doesn't have to be an hour long or a week long or 30 minutes to meditate, just four deep breaths. If you're feeling stressed in traffic or at work or overwhelmed at home, just four deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth can put you in a more relaxed and meditative state. Your blood pressure is also going to go down, your heart rate drops, and you're going to stop worrying so much. Meditation is powerful. There's a reason that all the top performers do it. There's a reason that the monks and the yogis do it. It's because it works. It's powerful. It's essentially just stopping that monkey talk that you have in your brain all day long. It's kind of putting it to a silence and finding that stillness. And it's a very beautiful tool that can help you with your anxiety, but also just help you in your life with your thinking, your breathing, and overall, you know, shaping you into a different, better person. And like I said, there's great meditations like Headspace. That's a great app. I know Calm is a great app. Um, I actually use you can go to YouTube and go to type in actualized.org, guided meditation. And there's a guy in there, Leo, and he leads a phenomenal meditation. It's a lot different. It's a different technique than you're going to see on Headspace and you know that you're going to hear talked about. But it really is a beautiful technique that's worked for me. So if you are interested, go to YouTube, uh, type in actualized.org, guided meditation. It should be the first one that pops up. Leo's incredible, and you're going to really start enjoying it. So besides those three things, I do a lot of other things that really, you know, I, I implemented these and I still do. And I think this is, you know, one of the ways that I was able to keep my anxiety away. And let me just say, like, I'm not anxiety free. Uh, I'm a totally different person, you know, than I was in high school and, and middle school in terms of my anxiety. Like back then it was very crippling, very, very tough. And now, you know, it might come up in certain situations that, like, I have to give a big sales demo or I have to give a presentation or have to, you know, do public speaking. 
or even a podcast, right? You still have those anxieties, but now you have tools that will help you uh, overcome those and kind of diminish it. But some of the other tools I use, yoga. You know, I used to be a little bit better at yoga, doing it every single night for an hour, but yoga will allow you to get out of your head and into your body and into your breath. Yoga is very powerful. Not only are you gonna stretch out these muscles, you're gonna reduce stress, you're gonna feel good, you're gonna get out of your head, into your body, into your breathing, into your stretching, and ultimately you're just gonna feel so much better by doing yoga. Super helpful if you're ever you know, overwhelmed or anxious, yoga is gonna help tremendously. Eating clean is something very important that you can do. Uh, you know, no sugars, no processed sugars, you know, limit your alcohol, limit certain things like bread. I don't know, but for me, you know, if I'll eat, you know, a, a heavy meal, I'll wake up the next day and not feel as good, right? If I eat a lot of sugar and candy uh, and drink a lot of alcohol, I'll wake up the next day and not as feel as good. And that's going to translate into your day. So just be cognizant about what you're putting into your body. Try to limit the sugar, try to limit the alcohol, try to limit anything that doesn't serve you. Um, and, you know, start start kind of, you know, doing your own research. You know, a lot of people adapt veganism. A lot of people go vegetarian. A lot of people like to eat meat. But just kind of see, you know, like if you eat a lot of bread, a garlic bread at dinner with pasta, and you wake up the next day and you have a headache and you don't feel good, kind of be aware. Take notes. And maybe, you know, stop eating that and stop putting that type of food in your body. But as you know, like alcohol, sugar, it's not good for you probably not, not going to have a good benefit and you're probably not going to feel as good and think as clear as if you're eating, you know, let's say a salad or maybe a piece of chicken or whatever you do enjoy eating that's clean and healthy. Journaling. Every morning when I wake up, I journal three pages in my notebook first thing in the morning. I don't even think about it. I grab my pen, I grab my journal and I write three pages of notes, nothing planned, just whatever's on my mind. And I actually learned this from a good friend, Pierce Romero, shout out Pierce Romero. And he showed me the book, The Artist Way, and ultimately it's called The Morning Pages. So it's three pages and you just write. And essentially the way I look at it, it's this is almost my therapist. I said I never went to a therapist, but this is like my therapist. I just write three pages and anything that comes to my mind. And sometimes it's about work. Sometimes it's, ah, oh, I can't believe my roommate did this. Oh, I can't believe this is going on in my life. What's happening? This dream I had was so terrible. I just get everything out, all the mental chatter that's in my brain, I get it out onto the paper. And what I've realized is I feel so much better after I do it. And then secondly, I'm able to look at it from a different perspective because it's not all in here rumbling and jumbling. It's on the paper. And I say, you know what? That's not that big of a deal. And if it is something that needs to be addressed, I go back to step one, which is open and honest communication. And I'll say, hey, I didn't like that you did this. You know, it's really been on my mind. Can we talk about it? So journaling allows you to see things from a different perspective. And I think, you know, another tool is just realizing that the world's not about you. You know, I think this is something that, not a lot of people, you know, I, I struggle with this. You know, I, I had such a huge ego in high school and college and thought I was the most popular guy and everybody was looking at me at the parties and everybody was looking at me at school. But, you know, ultimately just put yourself in your own shoes. Like you have so much to worry about for yourself, right? So it's like not everybody's focused on you. Not everybody's worried about what you're doing. They're actually worried about their life and their issues. And that's something that, you know, allowed me to, you know, kind of, kill my ego slowly that was like, hey, no one really cares, you know? Like your family cares and your friends, of course they care about you, but people are worried and focused on their own life, not necessarily focused on you. So, you know, if you're suffering from anxiety or, or know anybody that's suffering, please share this episode, but, you know, implement some of these tools. 
Maybe it's not exercise and meditation. Maybe it's yoga every morning and journaling, and that's all you need. Fine. You know, all of these tools have worked for me. I've switched them. I've changed them uh, over the years, and I've kind of done what works best. And right now, you know, communication, I think, should definitely be at the top of your list because all of us can learn to be better communicators. It's tough. It's not easy, but it's ultimately going to help you in your life. And, you know, don't don't be ashamed if you have a mental illness. I know I was. I just you feel like you have something wrong with you, you know? It's like you just don't feel good and that's normal, right? Like it's a, it's normal. There's so many stresses and anxieties and things with social media and work and comparisons that it's almost like you're the you're you're different if you do feel good all the time, you know? So it's it's normal if you don't feel okay. Don't 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 be ashamed, you know? Just start to implement these tools and I promise that they're going to help you. And you can start today. If, if you're watching this, you can start today. Start small. Try those four deep breaths when you end this podcast. Maybe go on a walk or a small jog. Maybe go take that exercise class. You know, maybe try journaling. Try one page, two page, three pages. Just get the thoughts out. You know, there's tools out there that have, you know, been discovered by intelligent people, uh, game changers, people that are really doing well in life. And, you know, we can use them too. Like these people aren't special. We can use these tools that I talked about and there's probably a lot more uh, that you might be doing and I'd love to hear them if there are. But start small. Start today. Start implementing these into your life. So, you know, first just really learn how to communicate. Talk about your feelings. Talk about your emotions. Talk about things that bother you. Whether you share it with a therapist, whether you go to, you know, your roommates, your family, your relationships and tell them what's going on. Just learn how to talk and learn how to communicate better. It's a skill. I used to be the worst at communicating and now I pride myself because I feel like I'm pretty good. You know, if I notice something that's going on, I'll ask. And then if they say yes, then I can sit down and talk and empathize and, you know, really see their perspective. And it really is, you know, something very powerful that you can, you can learn how to do. And then start a consistent exercise routine, whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, whether it's in the afternoon, you know, 2 PM to kind of give you more energy, start a consistent exercise routine. We talked about the brain-derived neurotropic factors, how it releases dopamine, how it does incredible things for your brain. You're going to start to feel better, look better, and start acting better, and it's going to limit that anxiety that you do have. And ultimately, you know, use your breath. Adopt a meditation practice. It's a game changer. Check out Headspace. Check out Calm. Go to YouTube, actualize.org. Check out uh, the guided meditation from them. So... You know, this is all fine and dandy and, you know, I'm not really sure who's watching this, but I just want to say if you are someone that's struggling with anxiety right now and you don't have someone to talk to and you don't have resources, I know it's a crazy time in the world, but I just want to say that, you know, you can reach out to me directly if you do have something going on. I'm always here. Um, you can, you know, reach out on Instagram. You can DM me at I am Jake Gagan. I'd love to talk to you if there is something serious going on. Um, you know, I hope this provided some value to you. Uh, I hope that some of these tools, you know, you can start implementing some of these tools. And, you know, if you are dealing with anxiety or you know someone that is, please feel free to share this episode and maybe some of these tools can help them. Uh, you know, the goal of this podcast is just to help share some of my insights and really just to, you know, help and, you know, help as much as possible. So I appreciate you joining me today. If you're watching this on YouTube, just ask that you hit the subscribe button and smash that like button. Maybe share it with a friend on YouTube. Uh, and if you are listening at home, you can always follow me on Instagram at I am Jake Gagan and on TikTok at I am Jake Gagan and Gagan is spelled G-A-G-A-I-N. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. Stay safe and God bless. What is up, everybody? And thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Elevated Movement Podcast. We hope that this episode that you just listened to can add some value to your life in some way, shape, or form. And if you did enjoy this episode, we kindly ask that you can subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. I'd also love to hear your feedback on social media as well. You can find me on Instagram at Elevated Movement. That's Elevated MVMT. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode of the Elevated Movement Podcast.